Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey from Life, Passion and Business. So I'm taking a couple of weeks break from some of the editing duties around here while I swan around the country seeing people and doing all sorts of exciting things I will tell you more about in the new season. While on my travels and talking to family and other people, I realise how many people struggle with implementation. It's easy to have ideas, but grounding them sometimes is the difficult part. So I was thinking that I've got a recording with Louise Miller that was part of the Reasons and Results event, which is now three years old. So I thought I would dig that out and let you explore the five pillars of productivity with Louise Miller. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people. And what I have discovered is that our story is everything. Because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? So I'm with Louise Miller and I'm delighted to be with Louise because she is a productivity mentor from the company Betty Lou. And she looks after people and helps them get distressed and all sorts of deed stuff to make their lives work better. But I'm sure she can explain it far better than I. So Louise, thank you so much for being here on this event. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It's such a pleasure to be here. You've got such an, you know, a vast array of expertise as part of this summit. I'm really excited to be part of it. So thank you. Oh, please, you all said yes. That's all I can say. Of course we did. So yeah, just to expand a little bit on what you said there. So yes, I'm a productivity mentor. What I find, the people that I work with are generally very kind of ideasy people that have loads of inspiration and loads of great things they want to do, but they're not necessarily so good at grounding those things into reality. And then as a result, quite often, those things never actually happen. So that's uh, where I <laughs> actually visit <was> for. <laughs> so that's where I can come in and I can help with that kind of grounding of it. And it's definitely me. I don't know that one. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, shit. I'm not doing that. Oh, dear. Not done yes. that bit. Not done that bit. My wife this week has been d- despairing at the things I've left undone. <laughs> oh, yeah, my brain does that naturally. I can't help it. So it's, yeah, filling that gap for people. Lovely, lovely. So you've got, uh, you're, you're going to take us through this thing about implementation because today is all about implementation. It's like, you know, we've come this journey on this journey about how, you know, what we're going to do or, or, or getting rid of, getting, getting ourselves ready. But as you say, what happens is, of course, we get that level of excitement. Go, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to take over the world. And then the reality sets in of like, you know, we have to do that. <laughs> what does that look like? Yes. Yeah. So, Hopefully what I'm going to share with you today will help with that. I've, I've come up with these five pillars of productivity success mm-hmm. and I've got a little presentation that I would love to share with everyone. Well, if that's let's, let's go for that. And I'm sure I will troll you a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do chip in. It's absolutely fine. So let me share my screen. Can you see that Paul? It's coming. It's coming. Yep. The five pillars for productivity success. Hurrah. Nice okay. time, Thank you. <laughs> so before I start with these five pillars, I think it's really useful to just for a moment think about what we mean when we talk about productivity. Because it's not a word that I like very much, but I have to use it because I can't think of a better one. <laughs> so 
Whenever I deliver a talk in person in a room with people, I ask them to raise their hands if they feel that their to-do list is never ending. Usually, yeah, loads of hands go up in the air. Then I ask them to raise their hands if they were raised to believe that they're only allowed to rest when everything is done. And again, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people will raise their hands because, you know, it's that whole you're not allowed to go out and play until you've finished your homework mentality. And therein, I think, is a very big problem because on the one hand, we've got a to-do list that we feel is never going to end. And on the other, we're not allowing ourselves to stop until we get to the end. So when do we rest? And, you know, the good news is if you feel that your to-do list is never ending, you're right. And we all like being right, don't we? <laughs> so, you know, there's never an end point when it comes to this stuff. Well, never the reality there can't be can there because life goes on and there's always there's always dishes to be washed there's always yeah. there's always clothes to put away there's always something to be done absolutely i always liken it to the bottom of a laundry basket you see it for about 20 seconds and then there's another <laughs> pop in there for a minute <laughs> so there's always something absolutely that's how many teenagers ago i guess <laughs> <laughs> so you know i really believe that the key to feeling productive is actually learning to be okay with that and to accept that we can't do all the things all the time. And instead of pushing and rushing and struggling to get to the end of our list, we just get really smart about how we're using our time. Because, you know, life is happening now. It's not waiting for us to get to the end of our to-do list. And if we don't allow ourselves to have any fun and some joy in our lives right now, you're going to struggle to stay motivated with the things you want to develop. You're going to start feeling depleted. You'll start asking yourself, what's the point? And that's when we want to give up. So I just always want to start by saying that because productivity can feel like this really like grr, get it done, push kind of thing. And I found I find that counterproductive. So just wanted to kind of lay that out before we go any further. Mm. And yes, that is me doing a cartwheel. I'm impressed. <laughs> Much gymnastics as a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my new definition of productivity it's not about doing more in less time in my mind, which surprises a lot of people because that's what we think. We think it's about cramming more and more in. In my view, productivity is about doing what's important as efficiently as we can so that we can create space for what we love. That's a nice phrase, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, when I came up with that, I really felt, I really <laughs> felt it. I was like, absolutely, that, that is what I'm it gonna is. Can I quote you with that one? Please do. <laughs> absolutely. We need to spread the word. Yeah. And what's interesting, you know, when people think about productivity, they usually start thinking about to-do lists and scheduling and prioritizing and planning and all of that stuff. And those things are great, but those things are not the first thing to think about, I don't think, when it comes to productivity. Because if productivity is about doing what's important as efficiently as possible, first step is to figure out what's important. And how do we do that? We connect in with our vision. So the first pillar for productivity success is all about vision. And I'm not going to spend much time at all talking about that because I know that Paul has had some brilliant people earlier this week sharing all of that stuff with you. So if you don't have a clear idea of what your vision is, go back and listen to some of those um, experts that Paul's been speaking to this week. And it's really important that you get crystal clear on what it is you're aiming to achieve. Because without that in place, how can you know whether what you're doing and that is it. You know, we don't get on a plane, do we? And, and, and guess the destination. We actually do get on a plane to go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So the very first thing when you're <clears> thinking about being productive is just making sure you've got clarity around that vision. 
And then from there, the next logical thing is to think about your goals. So you've got this big vision at the top, and then we need to break that down into really clear and aligned goals that are going to help you reach that vision. So, you know, question for you now, are you clear on your goals? What is it that you're aiming to achieve in your work and in your life? What are those things? And then make sure you've got them written down because that's where the power is, you know, owning them and writing them down. And then as you look at each of those goals, I want you to ask yourself two questions. First question, is this goal aligned with my vision? Because if it's not, is it really the right goal for you right now? Mm. And does this goal excite me? Because if it doesn't, again, you're going to find it really hard to get motivated. So put all of your goals through those filters. Um, and if they don't quite match up, you might need a bit of a rethink. You know, just to reiterate again, getting this clarity on your vision and goals is the very first thing you need to do to become more productive. So that's why those are the first two pillars. And again, I'm not going to talk more about that right now because I want to get into more of this implementation stuff, which is what today is all about. But it's really important for me to kind of name that. Yeah, you, you're going to implement, you've got to implement stuff, but you've got to know what you're going to implement, as you say, and it has, it has to be the right stuff, doesn't it? Because there's no point in having a list of stuff and then going to the garden, is there really? No, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually what, and this is where it does start to kind of all tie in with what people might expect when it comes to productivity. Brings me on to another big secret I think that people don't think about with productivity is about letting things go. Mm. so you know don't be afraid to take things off the table we're all very good at adding things to our to-do list but how often do you look at your list and think right what can I actually let go of so I would encourage you to look at everything you've committed to everything that's on your list and just ask yourself is this bringing me closer to my vision or moving me further away and then let go of anything that isn't moving you forward and I think we often believe you know we're all smart people we're multi-talented and we think that because we can do everything ourselves, we should do everything ourselves. <laughs> but when we try and do everything ourselves, it leaves us with no energy to do the things that only we can do and that are going to really move the needle and bring you that joy and fulfillment. So I would encourage you again to ask, you, ask yourself this question. If you're feeling like there's too much to do, is there anything you could let go of completely? Anything you could just set aside for now, knowing it's there for you to come back to? Is there anything you can ask for some help with? And that might be help around the house. You know, if you're feeling like you're, you're burdening too much of the responsibility of keeping the house ticking over, could you ask your family to help? Um, and then, of course, there's outsourcing. Um, so if you, you might be ready to hire a VA or somebody to do your bookkeeping, something like that. So it's always good to start from this place of, OK, what don't I need to do? So we're not wasting too much energy on those things. And that is where the where the real goals are they? when you start learning to, to to use other people's hands to get stuff done yes so much more but it's very it for many people it's quite actually hard to get used to the idea that i don't have to do everything yeah and i me included me yeah included. me too you know i understand we've put a lot of time and energy you know we've got a real connection to this vision and we know how we want it to look and the thought of letting go of that it's uncomfortable. So I do understand that. But um, even the same in a, in a working environment, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a job role, it's like, you know, you get a, a job of a certain size and, it's, and as it starts, as the, as the company starts to grow, the job you might have becomes too big for one person. And suddenly the job is being, going to be split. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, how do you know how you become proactive in that process? Because it's like, but I'm losing my job. No, you're not losing your job. You're losing a bit of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's where really knowing what feels in flow for you and where your strengths are and what you can do to play to those strengths will help Mm. you in that, in being proactive with that. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So that's the first two pillars anyway, that's the vision and the goals and then using those things to allow you to see what you can let go of. So the next three pillars are the bits that are actually going to help you to get stuff done in a really sustainable way that is going to feel good. Okay, so I'll sit, up. Really? I'll sit up now and take a lot more attention. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got clarity on your goals. Now what? Now we need to get organized <laughs> and start to do some planning. So pillar number three, organization and planning. So again, as I said at the beginning, you know, I see it time and time again, creative, inspired people like you, Paul, brilliant ideas, but sometimes the enormity of the thing that they want to create can get in the way. So I've got a client called Lara, for example, who wanted for years to run live events, but couldn't even begin to think about what that entailed because her brain just doesn't easily work that way. And she didn't give herself the space. So I actually ended up working with her, as I say, to fill that gap. And we put on a brilliant event back in January when we were allowed to. <laughs> and, you know, she she would have struggled with that without which I mean, she worked with me, but there are ways of doing it by yourself as well. If you're not in a position, you know, to get that support. So. You know the saying, go big or go home? When it comes to actually getting stuff done, I much prefer go small or go nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's not sexy, is it? But, you know, we need to get really granular with this stuff because it's in that getting granular with it. That's where the progress happens. So we need to allow ourselves the space to think small. So my invitation at this point is to think, what is the first goal that you want to work on from that list of goals you've got in front of you? And then what is the first teeny tiniest thing that you can take to move that forward? Mm. And then write that down. Yeah. So you don't need to map out the whole thing. You just need to keep asking yourself that question. What's the next teeny tiny action that I can take? And then make space to get it done. So you actually need to schedule this stuff as well. You know, we block out meetings and calls and things, don't we? But how often do, do we protect and create space to work on our goals? See, there's a whole book on this subject. It's called Do the One Thing. Oh, one thing. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah. Do the one thing. You do the one thing in front of you. Just the yeah. one thing. Yeah. And you keep doing the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And just, you know, you don't need to think about the bigness of it. Still be excited about it, of course. But just, you know, what is the one thing that's going to move me closer to that? And make sure you prioritize it, as I say, by getting it in your calendar if you can, because if you don't prioritize your time, other people will. So mm. make sure you put it in your diary and protect that space. Um, and those tiny steps, oh, yeah, make your goals a priority, schedule them in. Those teeny tiny steps, if you keep taking them consistently, they are the things that are going to get you where you're going. Okay, so, you know, if you need some help with this process, I've got a free workbook. It's called the Powerful Planning Workbook from big idea to inspired action. Is that your freebie <laughs> on your page? It is, yeah. So, yeah. So just so anyone that notice, the speaker pages are a, a source of information that you can find all their links and bits and pieces with the speakers. So if you're interested in what a speaker has to offer, please look at their, speak, their speaker page on, on the Hay Summit system, oh, hey Summit, on the re- Reasons and Results system so page. And this uh, freebie is there to download. So go and find it. Yeah. Yeah. And it will help. It just walks you through that process. So Mm. as I say, you don't need to go and find someone else to help you with this. There is something you can work through that will take you through those steps. Okay. So we've got organized. 
how do we stay organized? <laughs> and again, you know, I see this all the time when people feel like they're surrounded by chaos. And again, this is very common in ideas and in people that are very inspired and are very creative. They can have ideas all over the place, trying to juggle all the things, don't have a system to help them stay afloat. That's when overwhelm and exhaustion can very quickly um, kick in. And then that leads to distraction and procrastination. And then we find it really difficult even to take those small steps forward. So, and again, we're then more likely to be pushed and pulled around by what other people want rather than what we want to be doing. So it's really important um, that we take some control over this. And again, I'm going to invite you at the, when you've finished watching this talk, there's an exercise I, I would love you to do, which is to just write a list of all of the places that you would need to look to get a full picture of everything that's going on in your life. So everything that you need to do in your business and everything you need to do with your social life, um, family life, all of that kind of stuff. When Is I this you need to do or want to do? Oh, that's a good question. Both. Hmm. I guess there's a need in terms of these are the things that there are expectations around me doing. Yeah. And these are the things I actually want to do. And sometimes yeah. the two don't coincide. No, that's a very, very good point. And if all we ever do is focus on the stuff that we need to do, again, that starts to not feel like very much fun because mm. all the stuff we want to be doing doesn't happen. So, yeah, I'm glad you made that distinction. Well, there's a bit of, yeah, the, the issue in there is some of the things that you need to do, tax returns and things are non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whether you need to do certain things with family members all the time, Mm-hmm. That's also negotiable. <laughs> and yeah, and another really good point, you know, and when I, when I invite people to do this exercise, quite often they're really surprised by how many places they've just written down. Yes. So it'll be post-it notes, notebooks, yes. to-do lists, calendars, yes. things stuck to the fridge, post-it on the dog's head, you know, all of that stuff. Yes. And it's, what I see happen when I see people that are overwhelmed is – it's not necessarily the specificity of the tasks that they need to do that is overwhelming them. It's the fact that they don't have a clear idea of what all of those things are. I have done this exercise at various times in my life. Yeah. And, and I have to say there is an amazing sense of peace and clarity that comes about from just doing this. Absolutely. Because the point is when you don't know how big the elephant is, it can be quite a scary monster. But when you actually do take the time to write it all down and put it all down, you can look at stuff on that one. You know, actual fact, I, you know, that's in my head, but really I'm never going to do it or I don't really need to do it. Yeah, totally. I had somebody on a course that I was doing earlier this year. She'd had, she did this exercise, had something on her list for three years. Somebody asked her to do it three years ago. It's never been mentioned since, but she hadn't removed it. So... <laughs> It does throw up all of these little, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot in that one, actually. That's an interest, it's a really interesting topic, that one. Anyway, sorry, I, I, I'm pulling you off your, your presentation. No, no, no. You're saying what I was going to say. So. Oh, oh, sorry, I stole your thunder as well. <laughs> no, no, it's good to hear it in your words. I mean, it's the other thing that I find happens when you do this is that you get a really clear sense of your capacity which you don't have otherwise. And if you're anything like me, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So if anybody ever asks me anything, I will say, yes, that's my default setting. And when you don't have a clear sense of your capacity, you're more likely to keep saying yes. When you can see really clearly how much is actually on your plate, it's much easier to say no or not now. And I found that to be particularly true in my last employed job, sort of five or six years ago, because um, I could go to my boss and say, well, look at all of this. 
I can't. <laughs> no. And it just it's really powerful having that clarity. So yeah, it, what I would say is if you are in that position where you've got a load of places where you would need to look and you don't have that clarity. I mean, I've got I've got a whole course around this because it's such a huge topic about getting control of your to-do list. It's huge and it's, you know, it's the source of a lot of overwhelm. But there is something I'm going to suggest that you just think about that will help. So how can you streamline things so that they feel less overwhelming? So if you're looking at notebooks, post-its, apps on your phone, things stuck to the fridge, you've got all of these different places that you need to look. Which of those things actually do you look at? Which do you actually enjoy engaging with? Which feel good to you? And then just pick one or two places that you can use to store all of this stuff, just to try and rein it in a bit. I have to say, um, I'm going to have to start looking at this because I, I don't. So I have a, you know, my, my wife, it, it, I do the shopping and I go without a list. I hold it in my head. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and she can't think, why don't you write a list? And I say, it's a list of facilities. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because in an ideal world, and this is what I teach on my course, what you're aiming for is not just a list. It's a system that's actually going to allow you just, yes, to capture things, to get them out of your head, but also a system that will allow you to prioritize and to plan effectively. Yes. Um, but there's too much in that for me to be able to kind of. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, it, uh, it's a use. It sounds like a great thing. So uh, obviously, if you're interested in learning how to, how to manage your to-do list, Louise is your lady. Yes, I'd love to hear from you. And actually, there's a round of that course starting in September. So if that is of interest to you, let me know. Lovely. Okay, pillar four. Fourth pillar to productivity success. So there is something that we might need to let go of when it comes to finding our productivity groove. And that is the idea that there's a single magic bullet solution or some kind of hack that's going to magically solve all of our problems. Because there isn't. And it's very easy to fall into that trap because there's this massive industry out there around productivity, a bazillion different planners, loads of apps, all of these things that are promising to sort stuff out for us. Um, but there is no one size fits all approach. So instead, we need to harness our productivity superpower, which is awareness and self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So going to share a bit of an example of my own life with this I was an office manager for a small charity about 15 years ago and I was absolutely overwhelmed beside myself completely stressed everyone was coming to me for everything and I was not coping <laughs> and I found this book which I don't know if you're aware of it Paul getting things done by David Allen hmm. have you read that one no I haven't no it's a really popular productivity book it's a bestseller found this book and I read it and I loved it and I thought, this book is going to solve all my problems. So I scribbled all over it, highlighted bits, went out and bought loads of new stationery. Well, any excuse for that, really. But <laughs> bought loads of new stuff. Spent an entire weekend in my office reorganizing myself, ready to go in on Monday morning to take on the world. And I, you can probably tell where this is going. <laughs> it didn't work. And I ended up feeling worse because not only was I still stressed and overwhelmed, I now felt like a failure. Because this system that sounded so good on paper, I couldn't make that work. And it made me feel worse than I felt before. And also, obviously, I'd exhausted myself setting the blooming thing up. So I now know better. I now know that there is no off-the-shelf solution. And following someone else's formula very, very rarely works. So instead, we need to harness our self-awareness and we need to experiment. And we do that by paying attention and building this awareness muscle. 
We need to become aware of what feels good to us and what doesn't. And we need to build a picture of what's going to work for us and what isn't. And that's when you find your productivity flow. And that's when you can experience greater ease. And that's also why I'm not sitting here today and saying, if you just do this thing, this thing and this thing, your life will be fixed because I don't believe in my experience that it works that way. So I am going to talk some more about this and hopefully give you some things you can go away and think about, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, we all have these three resources available to us when it comes to getting stuff done. Those three resources are time, energy and attention. And we need to build our awareness of how we're using those three um, in order to, to boost our productivity. So let's think about time. First of all, do you actually know how you're spending your time? How often do you get to the end of the day, Paul, and think, what on earth happened? (laughs) I know I sometimes do. You know, we get to the end of the day and we can't quite remember what we've done. So it's really important. It depends on how I'm structuring my day. So if I'm being very disciplined, I'll use a timer. Which is what Gemma Ray was was spoke about, using a timer to, to set up particular blocks of time and do work in blocks of time. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. If I'm particularly organized and feeling good, I'll do that. But when I've got a project or something on which I don't know what I'm doing, <clears throat> I actually cannot allocate time to it. It's like, okay, I'll allocate 25 minutes to it. Well, that went. Okay, we'll try another 25 minutes. Okay, that's gone too. You know, it's like, so that, then my day starts to unravel. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, <clears throat> getting to the end of the day and <clears throat> thinking, where on earth did that day go? <clears throat> I think it's quite common. Um, And I'm like you, I use a timer as well. And in fact, that kind of brings me on to what I would love to suggest that people do with this. If if you are one of those people who doesn't know where the time goes, um, start writing it down. Do a time log. Yeah, do a time log. Do some, I like to call it mindful monitoring because it feels a little bit friendlier. (laughs) Yes, time log feels a bit like a time and motion study to see how productive you are, whether you're you're worth the money they're paying you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. That's why I don't like the word productivity. Uh. <laughs> so we're just going to do some monitoring. Every, I mean, this is a, a bit of an ask, but if you can do it every hour, then do it in the moment. Because again, if you wait till the end of the day and then try and look back, you're not going to remember. Um, and the reason that I suggest this is because it's really helpful to see in black and white the truth of how you're spending your time, not how you think you're spending your time. Mm. And from there, you can start to see whether your current reality is actually aligned with the things you've said are important. Yeah. We're going back to what we said earlier with that new definition of productivity. Are you actually spending your time on the things that are going to move you towards that vision? Mm -hmm. And doing that can be a little bit uncomfortable. Actually, it can go two ways. You know, it can go down the, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize I was wasting so much time. But it can also go down the route of, crikey, I felt I hadn't done anything. But look look at all this stuff I've achieved. So it can go either way. But what I would say is that when you're doing this, try and remove any sense of judgment. It's not about shaming yourself. It's not about giving yourself a hard time. It's about building an awareness, which will then allow you to change things. So Mm. that's just getting aware of how you're using your time and then spotting patterns, basically, and, and then seeing what you can do differently. So the second resource, energy. How are you taking care of your energy levels as you move through your days? And I don't know about you, but it's very easy to fall into the trap where we look at our calendar and we look at how much time we have available. We don't think about how much energy we have available. And it's very useful with that to know what kind of activities fill you up energy wise and which deplete you. 
Um, I talk about this a lot when I when I talk about focus with people because because to me focus and willpower and getting stuff done willpower is like a limited resource we only have so much of it yes and yes, if, yes. if you expend it on the things that just burn you out then you, your day will be hard because once you're out of willpower yeah you're running on empty totally yeah and there might still be things you can do like you, mindless deleting emails or something or you might need to rest um mm. But yeah, be having an awareness of the things. And again, this is different for everyone. I can sit and look at a spreadsheet for hours on end and be happy as Larry. Lots of people would be after 10 minutes, like just wanting to curl up in a ball. So <laughs> this again is where it comes down to this pillar of awareness. Just start to notice this stuff. I, I need naps. I use naps. <laughs> oh, yes, I love a good nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's an age thing, I reckon, for me. I just use naps. And, you know, again, are you giving your best energy to the activities that are going to make the biggest difference for you? That's another good question. So the third resource here is attention. And this is about focus, you know, what you were saying just now. So, you know, there will, again, be activities where you find it really easy to focus and there'll be other things where you find it more difficult. Start to pay attention to this stuff. Um, and, you know, I like to talk about being intentional with your attention. So making a conscious choice about what the thing is that you want to spend the next hour working on, for example, you're making a choice, that's your intention. And then just, you know, re really be intentional and focused on that. Um, yeah. And that can make a massive difference. And again, you know, just start to take notice of this stuff as you move through the days and just start to notice what patterns you have and how things kind of flow for you through the day. A mindfulness practice can really help with this. Um, as can turning off anything that pings and dings and closing down your email because it's very difficult to stay focused when you've got things coming at you from from all directions yes i apologize for the phone ringing earlier because uh, it rang in the middle of the thing because i was oh i had it had, on my phone rang i had internet stuff going on this morning so that's why the phone wasn't turned off oh dear so didn't it's... hear it so you oh, might have got away oh, with it no, no i don't <laughs> think so but there we go oh, I just, I just <laughs> um yeah so my invitation for you watching this is to monitor how you're spending your time energy and intent and attention for the next week or so and then just you know see what patterns do you spot and off the back of that, what could you do differently? And then ask yourself, you know, are you directing your limited supply of time, energy and attention towards activities that are going to move you closer to your goals? OK, so that's the fourth pillar, which is all about building the self-awareness. And I could talk about this for the next hour, but we don't have time. So I'm going to leave that one there and we'll move on. Well, I will just, just explore it a little bit. I mean, like, so, so I mean, I mean, what? you know some people are not that aware of themselves so what tips would you say of, of getting aware of this stuff yeah and I, I do think that it is really helpful just every every hour if you can and it doesn't need to be forever if you can do it for a day great if you can do it for a week even better every hour just write down okay what did I do how did I feel so that's the energy piece and, you know, how easy do I find it to focus? I mean, you'll be able to see that based on the so answer to the first. I'm questions. going to add a little, little nuance to that. I, I would suggest yeah. you mark yourself out of 10. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So like for energy level and for, uh, for focus for that yeah. hour. Because if you've got that on your log about what you did in that hour, over a period of a week, you're going to get a, a direct correlation between what you were doing and what your energy level was. Yeah. And it will, and it, you know, uh, 
there's no answers, but energy, information is power. You're going to get to go, oh, look, every time I touch that piece of work, my energy drops to the floor. Oh, that client needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, absolutely. And I've seen people take it to the extreme of plotting it all out on a graph. So oh, you yeah, can Because it's not just about the work, it's about the time of day and all of that kind of stuff as well, because we're all different as far okay, as that's concerned. Yes, 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 yes. And also... Any women listening, we have our natural cycles to contend with too. So if you can monitor over the course of a month, then you can start to see your, you know, peaks and troughs. Well, men have our cycles too, you know, we get miserable. <laughs> 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 Normally around payday or after. Yes. Oh, man, no. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> Chocolate. Chocolate is a good thing. Okay. All right. Shall I move on? Yeah, move on, move on. I think we've digressed yeah. enough. Okay. Pillar five. You've already touched on this. So you were, you were right in my brain with this one so i was going to talk about and i will talk briefly about decision fatigue um i'm sorry i'm stealing your thunder i should no, keep no. my mouth shut <laughs> no it's good i like it it's good so yeah i mean you can talk a bit about decision fatigue if you like no no you, no, okay. no 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 you, you lead You're yeah the boss. so decision, as paul said earlier you know it's when when we have too many decisions to make it becomes exhausting um and you know if we're making a lot of decisions about things that really aren't actually that important. We're leaving ourselves with very limited willpower for the things that are important. And people who understood that very well are um, Steve Jobs and Barack Obama, because they had a work uniform. You would never see Steve Jobs in anything other than a black polo neck. They took away the decision of having to choose what to put on in the mornings because they didn't want to be expending their mental energy on thinking about that stuff. So we don't have an infinite supply of willpower and we really need to make sure that we're using what we do have as wisely as we possibly can, which is where pillar five comes in, which is habits. So when we build habits, we're doing things without needing to think about it. We're turning it into a habit so that, you know, it's just like brushing our teeth in the morning and that's giving us more mental space for what's actually important to us. So you know, with this, if we're building habits, it's really important to take it one at a time. It's the first thing I would say, because if we try and change everything at once, that's never going to work. Um, and because of that, I think it makes sense to start with habits that are going to really make the most impact across all areas of our lives. The habits that are going to protect us from getting so completely frazzled that we find it impossible to manage ourselves and get anything done. So the, this might surprise you. It might not be where you thought I was going to go with this, <laughs> but the foundational habits that I want to share with you are sleep, movement, breaks and tidiness. And I'm going to just talk a little bit about each of those and why they're I'm important. so pleased you can't see around behind the camera. Oh, <laughs> is that number four? Uh, mm. <laughs> Not one of my things, tidiness. No, anyway, no sorry, I, I digress again. <laughs> okay, it's okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to go into a load of re detail about why these things are important. Mm. Well, the, the, the first three, certainly, because I think we all know, you know, sleep is really important. Can you build a habit around getting enough sleep? And that might sound a bit odd, but there are things you can do. You can make sure you're not on screens and you're in the habit of getting off your screens a certain amount of time before you go to bed. You can avoid sugar and caffeine and alcohol too close to bedtime if those things are going to impact your sleep so what kind of habitual ritual can you create to make sure you're getting to bed on time because when we're rested we're better able to focus and get stuff done we have more perspective we're more creative so we need to build habits to allow us to, to get enough sleep second foundational habit is movement 
Again, I think we all know why that's good for you. It helps us to stay alert, increases the blood flow, boosts our brain power, reduces sluggishness. And I also find it really helpful to shift my energy. So if I've been getting really annoyed by something and I just can't shake that feeling, getting up and moving about shifts the energy in my body and I, I feel better. So, If anyone knows me, they know I'm a runner. Yeah. Well, I'm new to running. I've only came to running in my 50s. I'm 57 and I only started running when I was 54. Hmm. And I came new to exercise when I was 52. So I, 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 I'm used to exercise like 25 years ago, but for the, last, for the last 20 years, I didn't do any exercise at all. And I have to say movement has been the one radical shift. in the, that I have a body that I've never had. I'm fitter than I've ever been in my life. And the, what ha, that has done has just been incredible. My, my, my focus is clearer. Everything about what I do is better because of number two. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, I cannot stress how, how important that. I know it's a shit. I know it's horrible, the fact that you do have to do your steps. And my wife and I are complete polar opposites. She hates exercise. And so I'm mm. constantly, you know, so for her, I'm a constant irritation because I'm <laughs> doing something <laughs> physical. I, have you built a habit around that? Is that now just the thing that you do at a certain point? Um, yes, it is pretty much. I'm, I'm always run twice a week. So I do about 20K a week at the moment. Um, wow. uh, so, yes, I'm always running twice a week. Yeah. Um, I, for the last 30 days, I've been doing yoga. The last Great. 20 days, yeah. I've been doing yoga. And I've been so enjoying it. And I'm now mm. really starting to recognize how, how well, what it's doing to my body. So, yes, yeah. amazing yeah. movement. And yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to be doing a, a summit on this area of health and well-being at some point because I just think that those two areas are just so fascinating. And I notice what's changed in my body over the last five years just from the movement aspect. So I'm, I'm a bit of an evangelist on this one. Sorry if I get Brilliant. boring. And you've noticed the impact it's having on your ability to focus and get stuff done as well, which in this context is what it's all about as well. Well, all right. I mean, let's get... I mean, you know, some of the physical aspects, I was getting the man physical, the man physical things and waterworks issues, those sort of stuff. They weren't serious, but I was getting them as I got mm. older. And it's like, you know, you, you get this. I just thought it's part of it. I started getting fit. That's all gone away. Brilliant. Yeah. And what yeah. I realized, it's just my muscles were just flabby. I just didn't have the bladder control I used to have. It's like, you know, that will come back. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. 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 So, you know, what can you do to, to build a habit around movement if you don't already have one and you know I I practice yoga every single morning so that's that's the habit for me I don't think about it it's just what I do Mm. um yeah so number three of these foundational habits breaks our brains need a rest um and when you know when we stop and take a break our brain is still (laughs) processing stuff in the background um we don't realize it necessarily but we're giving it the space to do that um and that's often when we come up with our best ideas which is why we all do our best um problem solving and idea having in the shower let's talk about taking breaks that's a really interesting point take a break because some people mean things means take a break means stop doing what you're doing and pick up some another piece of work or do something else or make a phone call or or you know what does it actually mean to take a break it's an interesting kind of like what do you say i say that it just means getting up moving away from your work away from your desk away from your screens if that's what your work is and do something completely different doesn't you know i mean it could be going out for a walk. It could be something as simple if you're really, really busy of doing a three minute meditation. Mm. It's just taking your brain out of that work mode to allow it <clears> to get into wandering mode. 
You've got to get your brain out of central executive mode so it can go into wandering mode so it can do all of its magical processing stuff. I mean, Deep I can breathing, I find, is good for that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually find it really helpful for me. I can do the washing up, and that, for me, is a break because mm. I'm not focused on my work. So it, it can still be something useful, just not something work-related. So I'll hang the washing on the line. You know, all that kind of stuff can be a break. Um, and again, if you can build a habit into it, so something, something that I do, you'll laugh in between clients. I used to, it was a habit for me because I went, when I finished working on this client's work, I'm going to go out in the garden and hula hoop for a couple mm. of minutes. And that's how it becomes a habit because it's a regular thing that I do at a certain point. So I don't have to think about it again. So tidiness, <laughs> this is a controversial one. So it's good that you raised it, Paul, because not, not everybody needs this. Some creative people actually say that they prefer and to have a bit of a mess around them and that helps spark their creativity. That's not me. I need to have things around me that are tidy. My brain can think more clearly. I don't feel like I'm being pushed and pulled around by everything that is in my periphery. So can you build a habit of tidiness if you feel you need that to help you think clearly without being distracted by piles of clutter? And this is going to help again with your focus. So some habits around that might be, you know, when you've finished working on something, close down the tabs, close down the documents, put the paperwork away before you start the next thing. It could be that when you leave a room, take one thing out of it with you <laughs> that doesn't belong there and put it away. <laughs> There's small kind of habits we can build to just help prevent things from piling up around us and driving us to distraction. It's so also this thing about whenever you bring something into your home, make sure it has a home or has a place. Yes. Yeah, that's a massive one as well. My desk is covered in bits of stuff that don't have an actual home. And it's like, mm. and it's like, what, what, where does that live? What, what do I do with that thing? Apart from, yeah. throw, it, or apart from throw it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's very difficult to tidy away if there is no away. <laughs> so, yeah. That's whether you get the man drawer, which is a, man, a drawer of, <laughs> of spurious stuff. But there's yeah. always there's always exciting things in the man drawer that allow you to do stuff. You could do you could do a whole survival workshop and watch <laughs> in my man drawer. <laughs> Some things you've got no idea what they are or how they got there either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would just this fifth pillar around building these really supportive habits that are going to help you. You know, experiment with these just to see what a difference they make to your productivity. And I think you'll be surprised; they really do boost your energy and improve your focus as well. So just give that some thought. So that was that was it. Those are my five pillars of productivity success. So your vision, your goals, and then, you know, getting organized, learning how to plan with your teeny tiny steps. Harnessing your superpower of self-awareness and then making sure you've embedded habits into your days that are going to really support you um, in getting stuff done. And if you can do all of those things, you know, I think it's going to help you to take that consistent action, which is what allows you to get stuff done with less stress, with more ease and in pursuit of your beautiful vision. So I hope that that's been helpful. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. Do you have any, any, any stories of people that you've helped to achieve this and what, what they've gone on to do? I mean, obviously you, oh, can't, you can't drop names if you don't, you haven't given permission to, because we didn't set this up, but you know, if there's any stories that people want to achieve, it will be interesting just to hear the, the outcome. Yeah. So there was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am, um, I have a course that is about habits, um, building really sustainable habits. And I had somebody do that course who, she's actually a friend of mine and she's been wanting to buy a house for years and years and years and hadn't done anything about it. 
And just by the process of putting these four simple habits in place, she was then able to buy a house. I mean, that just blew me away. And she did, she did tell me that was as a direct result of these habits, just because she could see she had space and she needed to prioritise them rather than just waiting around for something to happen. You know, it's, it's that prioritising and creating the space. Um, yeah, I guess to get anywhere, to do anything, you have got to make a decision to do it and move, move, in, move in the direction of that goal in a way. So, you yes, have. and you've got to get organised around it. Yeah, and it, all of this stuff just brings a real awareness to what you're doing and making a conscious choice about how you're spending your time rather than mm. just seeing how things kind of happen. And then, I, you know. I have to admit, without my wife, nothing would happen around here because she's, <laughs> she's the one that makes it all happen. I, I kind of yeah. go, wouldn't it be lovely if we did this? And she makes it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and I mean there's a client I mentioned earlier with the live events that she'd wanted to run for ages and you know with the planning process and the breaking it down step by step we were able to get that happening um you know people just say to me that they now feel like they're running their business rather than that bus- that their business is running them um you know uh, it clearly is I mean this is this is why I wanted to put implementation at the back of this of this event because it's it's you know it's all about doing this process that we've been through for the rest of the week but to actually get to the point and then we go well now what do I do well, what, yeah. what's the what's the clear process for moving forward yeah um and it, yeah. and it may not be that this is just about implementing in, implementing life this is just about doing what you want to do yes absolutely yeah yeah, I had somebody yesterday who's done my to-do list course who told me that for the first time ever she's finishing work at 6pm consistently, whereas she used to work way into the evenings. And just have, that's the clarity piece again. And then she can have a life in the evenings. But that what I was saying earlier about life is happening right now. It's not waiting for you to get to the end of your to-do list. You need to get out there and enjoy it. No, absolutely. Yeah. So Louise, anything else you'd like to add? No, I think I've probably been talking for way longer than <laughs> than was intended. So it's been such fun chatting. I mean, well, I would put that there just in case people want to get in touch with any questions or anything. That's um, lovely. That's lovely. They can but, find yeah. those links on your on your speaker page as well. So they're yes, all there. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously everyone who's registered for this talk will get an email later this evening about uh, what they heard. And there'll be some follow up stuff that. So, yeah, so you, you will be able to get in touch with Louis. No, no problem at all. And, uh, yeah. So thank you very much for your time. It has been a joy to have you here. Thank you for saying yes. And, uh, thank being you part again of this for having event. me. Good. All the best. I am sure we will talk soon. Yes, lovely. Thank you, Paul. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Louise Miller, with a conversation, The Five Pillars of Productivity, taken from the event, Reasons and Results. If you would like to get access to all of the different conversations on that event, you certainly can. You can find details at the website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. I'll be delighted to give away tickets to the first five people that contact me with the word free ticket at the contact page of the website. So do check that out. Now, if you would like to find out more about Louise, you can find her on LinkedIn. And that's Louise Miller. Uh, you also find her website, which is Betty Lou Online. That's B-E-T-T-Y-L-O-U online.com. And I will put all those links at the website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. And while you are there, hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion 
a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and the sense of what it all means. That is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time that I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought because, you know, your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process, do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions, ebook and worksheets. Now, this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery. And it's at the amazing price of just $12.99. So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing and, of course, sharing it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.